Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within. I'm Reverend Deborah Phillips, and I'm here today with Reverend Donna Apodoni. You may also know her from CAP Radio. She's the host of Morning Edition and CAP Radio Reads. She's an interfaith minister. She's uh, a speaker at about half a dozen congregations around the area. She's also the teacher and designer of the Transformation Path. And today she's here to talk with me about what have we learned? Welcome to Discovering Spirit Within, Donna. It's so good to have you with us. Hi, Deborah. Very nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So we were talking a little bit, of course, before we started, and you said that you thought this was an interesting topic of what have we learned, and you had a list, and I'm saying, so what's what's on your list, or what are you, maybe what are your initial thoughts before we get into your list? Zoom, for one thing. <laughs> Who knew what Zoom was? Before this pandemic started, before we started thinking about what are the lessons that we've come through in the last year, Zoom and a new way of communicating. And we can probably talk more about that. But one thing that occurred to me that I've been thinking about a lot recently is mirrors in my home. I live in a smallish home rather small windows in this home. So I never feel like there's enough light coming into the rooms as much at least as I would like. So I put up mirrors, framed mirrors. A couple of them are in framed in oak, different kinds of frames. I have them in different places on the walls in different rooms. And some people have looked at that as being kind of egotistical, but for me, it's just a way of letting more light in. And when I look at the mirror or even in the direction of the mirror, I see that light bouncing off of it and it just, it brightens the room. It's a wonderful thing to have. And thinking about this topic, what are my lessons lately, especially in this last year? I have a metaphysical mirror. I have a mirror that lets me see who I am if I'm open to looking into it. If I'm willing to look into it, I, I see the metaphysical possibilities through a mirror that, that exists not on the wall, but in my head. So that's a big part of it. And that, that takes on so much distance for me to say, I need to look into the metaph metaphysical mirror more often. That to me has a lot of content within it. So that's the biggest sort of uh, a broad umbrella lesson that I've learned. And then we can talk about some other things that, that fall under that. What have you learned? Well, as you were talking about that, and I had been having a little bit of difficulty, even though I came up with the topic, it's like, how, you know, how do I articulate this? But the whole idea of mirroring, I mean, that's a concept that we talk about a lot in metaphysics anyway, um, that everything is a reflection of, of like our thoughts or whatever. But um, I've just had, I guess, maybe the time to slow down in this last year to realize how much everything, every other, pe other people, other things are a mirror for me. And that, um, I'm being shown a lot about myself. I'm being shown a lot about uh, the way I think about things and uh, getting the opportunity to look at look at, at some of these things very differently. You know, I've slowed down and it's like, oh, I never really thought about that or I never thought about it that way. 
And um, in, in that own way, those are those kinds of mirroring out in the real world are also ways that bring more light into our lives, right? Because mm. we're, we're starting to look at things differently and in a new light, so to speak. Just maybe within the last 24 hours, getting ready for this conversation, getting ready to talk with you, I saw something else too. I saw, I was aware right from the beginning of the pandemic, worrying about the health of people around me, worrying about the health of people I don't even know because this is the one time, the only time I can think of in history where everybody has been going through the same kind of ordeal at the same time. So I have felt sort of an, an expansive love and an expansive compassion and I've been very conscious of that since the pandemic started because I feel that's the way that I can put the right energy into the world for, for the outcome that I would hope for, for myself and for other people to the extent that I'm accountable for that. Let's do it with love. Let's do it with compassion. But there is a mirror aspect to that too that I'm just starting to put words to. And it is that when I talk about feeling love for other people, it's selfish because I'm talking about I love, I feel compassion. And there's a big capital I in front of it. And I, I, that's selfish. Love is not supposed to be about me and what I give. Love is supposed to be this, this thing that's circular, that is inclusive. So there is a mirror too. I cannot tell if I am successfully loving people until I see it in them, until they reflect back to me the kind of love that I am generating, that I'm producing, that I'm giving. I don't know if I'm doing it well or if I'm doing it the way I want to until I see their response and their reaction. So there's a different sort of a mirroring there too in love that is not about me, but is about the recipient. Now that, that's still, that part of it is still new to me. And, and that's, that's something that you really can't quantify anyway. <laughs> you know, I mean, you just, uh, it, it's all about how we respond and or react to each other, depending on the circumstances. Um, and, you know, and we've had this conversation about, um, at the beginning, there would be things like in Facebook and people say, well, we're all in this together. And somebody would say, no, we're not because I just lost my job and you didn't. And um, so there's this, this whole adjusting to on the, on the a meta level, we are all under the same circumstance of a pandemic. How that filters down into everybody's individual life is a whole different uh, thing, but for me, that idea of we're, we're all in it together and yet we're not got me to really looking at, at, at things very differently. It mirrored back to me, okay, my experience has been this. I didn't lose my job. Um, yes, I had to retreat, but I'm an introvert, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then watching the extroverts, and I know a couple of them just really struggle with it because they need that, that, that contact. Um, and then just all of the different economic, you know, socioeconomic um, things that, that go along with that. And yet we all have the same circumstance running it. Yeah. 
The economy, the economic end of the financial end of that phrase, we're all in it together, was something that it seems to boil down to that. But it's so much more than that, too, especially in the first few weeks of the pandemic. You know, now we can look back and say, here's what I've learned. But at the beginning, I had a great amount of anxiety. I had a great amount of fear. And that's where I felt like we were all in it together. We all had this, I don't know what this is. No one knows what this is. We're going to be walking together to find out what it is before we started separating out into blood type and vaccination and and privilege and what country you live in. Now there are different ways that we say, oh no, I'm different than you. But at the beginning, the fear and the anxiety, even though that's not what you want to have in common with anyone, that was what we were all experiencing together. And I felt in that, um, in that fear, I recognized the vulnerability that I really felt. It wasn't fear as much as it was a surrender and an acknowledgement of vulnerability that uh, anything could happen right now to me, to you, to the world at large. And all we're going to be able to do is watch it and experience it. Well, that's always the case, isn't it? But it, it did in that moment feel like that was something that we all shared. And I think that's kind of, in some respects, it's kind of a new feeling for all of us because uh, in order to survive, we have to live on some level of denial. I expect to get up in the morning. I expect to go out to my car and drive to wherever. I expect life to go on and I expect things to work. And in this case, it was like, here's this big, big, big monkey wrench. It's the biggest monkey wrench anybody in these in our generations have seen. <laughs> and it's 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 told it's shown us all how vulnerable we all are on so many different levels. On so many different levels, it really does affect us in a lot of different ways, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's been that's been its own lesson to see how we respond to things, how we react to things, and and how the people who are standing right next to us, although not too close, maybe six feet or more, you know, virtually standing right next to us, how we're all responding to this. I had um, I have a friend who is very active in another congregation in our area, in a leadership role, and he read the transformation book that I wrote. And not saying this is a plug for the book, but it was a, a way that he showed me something I had written and didn't I didn't even see the full extent of it until he brought it up and brought it to my attention. There's a part of it where I talk about. You know, you have to you have to walk this path. You have to climb the steps. You have to keep going. And then sometimes things get in your way that you didn't see coming. You know, maybe you're going up the steps and someone paints the steps. And you weren't expecting that. And you get paint on your shoes. And, and he read that and he said, oh, my goodness, you know, that just happened to me. Somebody just painted my steps. And it was an inconvenience. But... In the long run, I know that the pain is going to dry. I'm going to scrape it off my shoes and I'm going to climb again. Wow, that was, that was more impactful than I even thought. But I think that that's what's happening to a lot of us in the last year. And I think that's what I'm experiencing too, is that 
there's something in front of us called COVID-19, called separation, called you know illness, called death, all of these things that have come across our path in the last year that are lessons to us in ways that we don't even yet see. We didn't see them a year ago. We still don't know exactly what their impact will be, but it's really just kind of paint on the steps. It's a fresh cone of paint. And when it dries and we look back at it, we'll say, okay, now I get it. This is what I needed to learn. And, you know, we're learning so many different, different ways. It's like, I've, um, well, actually, I just I, I love that that whole uh, uh, the metaphor of the the paint on the steps and and the thing is is that you know sometimes that paint might stay in the bottom of your shoes and you might be able to say hey I've got some really cool shoes now. That's right. I never thought about that. I have the coolest shoes in the world. Yeah, because I stepped they, in that. Yeah, and you know, and then that that just brings to mind the thing that came to me during this last year. Um, I don't even remember what I was doing. I was talking to someone, and it just came into my head, and that this whole thing of when one when when a door shuts, another window opens, or another door opens, and what came out of my mouth was, well, sometimes the that door is the 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 sound of that door slamming is so loud you can't hear the other window or the other door opening yet. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And and so you get so preoccupied with that paint on your shoes or you or you're so distracted by that slamming of the door that for a while you you don't see what the you know what the options are or what 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 the um the opportunities are. Yeah, we are fortunate you and I in that we can look back on the last year and see some opportunities and mm-hmm. I recognize that that not everyone has been that blessed. A lot of people are still having reactions to their illness. A lot of people have died. And that's a, a different story that that affects them differently. And I don't want to minimize that in any way. Uh, but yeah, for, for a lot of us, out of this can come an opportunity to look in the mirror, to reflect a little bit more, I have a, I've had a lot more time in solitude to look at myself, not to think so much as to reflect, but some thinking as well, and just really see uh, how, how I got here. Things that I always knew about myself, but hadn't really looked at, because I never took the time to look at them. So it's, yeah, it's been, it's been kind of interesting. Even, even, a, okay, here's, I, I had a meltdown a couple of weeks ago. Congratulations. They're, they're healthy. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm not always willing to admit that, but it was part of this whole lesson of the last year thing, because I don't, I'm sure I've had meltdowns before. Who wouldn't, you know, everybody does at one time or another, but I was able to watch it as it was happening. I was able to sort of step outside myself. So while I was having the meltdown and saying, this is awful and why are you picking on me? And this is just the worst thing. And oh, blah, 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 blah. I was also able to stand on the side and say, well, now, isn't this interesting? And what do you suppose this is? And where is this coming from? And what do you think will happen as a result of you having this little meltdown? 
I don't know that that could have happened in any other environment other than the opportunity to be so reflective for over a year and be able to look at myself more carefully and be able to look in the metaphysical mirror and see who I am and how I respond to things. So little dumb things like that, that look like, oh, I'm so embarrassed I had a meltdown, but oh, how cool that I could see what it was. And I'm grateful for that. Well, and this whole, this whole <clears throat> year, this whole circumstance has forced everyone to slow down. I mean, no matter, you know, no matter where you are, the, the entire world slowed down. And that uh, gives us the opportunity to, to think about things and to, to hear things and see things differently. You were talking about uh, in an earlier conversation we had about that you are now in a position where you get to listen as opposed to just sort of hang out on the edges of things. Yeah, well, you know, as a person who talks for a living, sometimes you forget to listen, sometimes I forget to listen. But as we have moved through the pandemic, um, Cap Radio has its its management um, hierarchy, you know, the, the chart, the, the org chart that goes up and down, but it also goes sideways. And it kind of steps outside of of the org chart because we have projects that we work on where we're not working for each other at all, but somebody is working within the project and somebody's leading a project. And within the last six months, I've been leading a project. And I love the people I'm working with on this thing so much that I want to know what they have to say. And I want to know how they're going to contribute. And for once, I don't want to be telling people, being the talker. I want to say, how is this going to work for you? What's a good way for you to do this? Okay, I hadn't thought about that. I love that. Why don't you just go ahead and do that? What do you need from me? So it's a new way of listening that I hadn't had the opportunity to do before. Um, and, I, and I like it. It's just a, a brand new um, a field for me to, to be in, brand new groundwork to be, to be broken and to experiment with. And it makes, the, it makes the work so much more fun. We had to come to this place in the world for me to have that opportunity to work with these people. So it's a sort of a, a hidden blessing. Well, you know what this brings to mind is that uh, by being separated from people, maybe we've uh, it's given us a space to get more interested in each other again. I have found, in not only with the people I work with, uh, but just in in Zoom calls, in in other things where I'm not connecting uh, physically with people, but I'm having some limited uh, virtual conversations with people, I have found that there are people who. I thought I liked who I don't like that much. <laughs> sort of a change of the circle in some regards. There are some other people who I just had never really spent time with and I had never listened to them or talked with them. And gosh, they're nice people. I hope I get to spend more time with them. But again, it's because of Zoom. It's because of a limited circle. It's because of a, a, of a slowing down and reducing what we're doing. I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert with an extrovert's job. So it's my job to be in public. It's my job to have microphones in front of me. It's my job to say things that a bunch of people are going to hear and comment on. 
But by trying to do an extrovert's job, I get worn out very easily. It's very tiring to try to be somebody you're not. So I've maneuvered that pretty well, but it, it wears on me, it tires me. And having this opportunity to reduce the circle and slow down and not rush, I was rushing through things. I was trying to do as much as an extrovert would do when really I need to reflect and ponder a little bit more for me to get through life. The opportunity and the permission to slow down and ponder a little bit has been really good because I'm getting a lot done uh, professionally, personally in the world. I'm still getting a lot done, but I have a much different perspective on how I do that. So the slowing down and the backing up and the being able to look and listen has been extremely healthy for me. The extroverts don't agree with me. They would like to do things a little bit differently. I respect that. I understand that. I'm not trying to leave them out of the conversation. But I do hope that what I see as being uh, the benefit of all of this in reflection, I hope that the extroverts find their equivalent of that in some way, something that has worked for them that they didn't know would. You know, and you can, I mean, I, I would, I would, it would be redundant for me to say that I'm an ex introvert doing an extrovert's job because I, I have the, the, the same thing and it's, it's trying to be, uh, I actually was, was uh, raised, I was the only introvert in the family. And so um, I have really good coping skills. But it's still by the by the time I've been, say, at church for a whole morning and, and either done meditation or the talk or something, I am tired and I need to retire to, you know, the den. And um, but what what I have learned over this last year is, A, I love doing this. You know, it's like the just sitting in front of a microphone and talking with someone or sitting in my small group that we do on Zoom now or in person. I love that. And sure, I'm happy to go to give a talk, but I'm finding out where I am, feel the most alive and the most like, this is what I'm here for kind of energy. And so, you know, my job is changing. I'm, I'm talking, you know, it's like, how do we change my job? And I'm also getting the, 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 um, the nerve uh, to uh, say, you know what, I don't think that's for me. I think someone else would be better doing this or um, I don't want to do it that way. And for me to, to say to the extroverts, hey, that's great, but I can't work that way. This is how I need to do it. And if you want it done your way, then someone else needs to do it. And you don't have to be, you know, nastier about it. It's just like, um, but there's something about stepping into my own personal power that this time of, of stepping back has done for me. And I'm not going to say that I'm super, super comfortable with it. It's like the last podcast that I did before this one airs is I had a, a little script in front of me and I was trying to talk about something I had written and it wasn't working. And after take four, I just decided to put it down and I went out on my own personal limb and I just talked for 15 minutes about trying too hard. And, and what it really means to do your best and not be perfect. And I felt like, for those of you who listened to it, I did feel like that the ending was a little bit abrupt. And I decided to, that was what came out of my mouth. And I decided to be with it. And so there's this kind of learning to be who I am. And that's what you're also saying, Donna, and just be with it. 
Absolutely. Yeah. It's a personal power that you brought up as part of it. Purpose is a big part of it. But there's an acceptance of self in what you just described, too, that it might not be perfect. It might be a little abrupt and rough in some areas, but it was so heartfelt and so sincere, and you put so much into it, that that's what gave it its perfection. And, and that's how you know you're good at it. That's how you know that it's the right thing for you to do, because you have that balance of imperfectly perfect. And so here I am. That's it. You reached yeah. it. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think you and I both have, have learned from uh, both the, the two different jobs you have, being a minister and then working at Cap Radio, is that it's, it, it's not so much as what we say is what, what people get out of or what we leave with people. You know, it's not the words. It's, it's what's left in a person's heart that that we we do and if you extend that beyond the jobs of talking and putting stuff out there is every encounter is not so much what you say but what is left what you leave the person with or what you are left with and um you know this this time is giving us that opportunity to stop and think about these things and be become more aware it's like i there's one woman um in my group who is, I, she's the most extroverted person I think I've ever met. And I somehow or another, she's not really ever said anything, but the first time I saw her in person after this all started, I just realized how tamped down she has felt, you know, and I, there, I felt compassion coming from my heart. It wasn't me giving her compassion. I just thought, man, she's been in pain. And for me, I was still going, I love you. Shh. <laughs> um, and Mike, but, but of course I would never do that. And I just, she was so happy that oh. I, you know, I couldn't be anything but happy for her. Yeah. Well, you know, it's not, she, she hasn't reached the end of it yet. We're, we're in the middle of this pandemic and we're still dealing with variants and we're dealing with geography and we're dealing with a lot of ups and downs we're not finished yet mm -hmm. she's not finished yet when she as she continues and when she gets to the end of this it'll be interesting to hear what her reaction is when she looks back and reflects what impact has it had on her we're all finding these parts of ourselves that we didn't know existed before we looked in the metaphysical mirror. It's just so wonderful. So I can't imagine what hers would be because my personality is different than hers. I can really only try to understand my own, but we each have that opportunity and we each have something that we're learning about ourselves in this. Somebody called it the great pause. And I think that's true. You know, it's separation. For some, it's loneliness and isolation. It just depends on what word we pick to put on it. But it is, a, it is just a, a pause where we're just temporarily stopping all that we did before. And now we have to figure out how to get back into it. How are we going to resume life? What's going to be different? Uh, somebody suggested to me that handshakes would never be the same again, would never be used in business or in social opportunities. 
and a handshake is different than a hug. You know, a hug is somebody who you feel close to, probably family or a very close friend who you would hug, and those might resume sooner than a handshake. But a, a business handshake or a nice to meet you handshake might not exist again. And and I was thinking about where the the handshake originally uh, came from, and I think it's something like proving you're not carrying a weapon. So I mean, <laughs> you, you, you know, I mean, it, it's a formality, but uh, maybe we'll start bowing to each other. Would that not be cool? We well, bow I, I, I'm hands. all for that. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, it's like in the grocery store. I know you haven't been out a, a lot, but I have been in grocery stores pretty much over this last year, and um, I go at times when I know it's, it's quieter. But it, there's this thing called the uh, what I, I call it the COVID shuffle. If you're going down an aisle and there's someone else, even just one person, every it, it's just it, you know we all maneuver around each maneuver around each other. And um, sometimes I will even say that I'll say, well, here we are with the COVID shuffle. And I especially say it to guys and they, they will laugh. Yeah. And it's like, you know, um, I, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see when people start standing close, if, if people start standing closer in line to each other, it's like, I'm more comfortable with this space anyway, because I grew up in a small town. And lines were never long. So we didn't scrunch up together in lines. When uh -huh. I first moved to California, it's like, why are you in my space, man? You know, and then I started realizing there's more people here. So yes, we're, you know, we're going to shorten up the line <clears throat> or squeeze up the line. But so the, these line links were kind of like, okay, this is my childhood space. I like <laughs> You like it. See, there's something here that you feel very comfortable with. Well, and that's you know, going to be the case for 50% of people. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I, I think it's also maybe this whole conversation is about introverts and extroverts, which of course has gotten watered down because, you know, pop culture always does that. But, you know, the awareness, I think, of people, it's like introverts giving themselves permission to be who they are. And then us giving the extroverts to be the permission to who they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, that's a great I, so deal of, of respect though in that, yes, that's a great what I'm deal of self-respect and yeah. and mutual respect to that maybe we haven't felt before to say I see who you are, you're different. Let me know how you need to get through this. Yeah, I wonder about all of the kids I've been talking to. I, I talked to a teacher who lives down the street from me, and we were talking about. The kids who don't have access to virtual school and haven't for the last year, um, parents had to go out of the house and, and go to work and leave the kids alone. There's a whole, a whole population of young people who were kind of left stranded by this. Um, it'll be interesting to see how their lives go and what they learn. They may not, they may or may not talk about their lessons as you and I are talking about them, but the lessons are going to be felt by them, whether educated or not educated for years to come. Generations will learn from this young generation. That'll be interesting to mm -hmm. watch. Yeah, I mean, it's like, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the thing is that uh, the people I grew up around had come through the, the Great Depression. And so especially the grandparent level of that was, you know, all about scarcity and then were, and which made no sense to me because I was growing up in the very prosperous 50s. 
Yeah. And they're talking about saving rubber bands and don't don't waste, you know, an inch of something. And and I'm like, but, you know, everywhere I saw. And um, so it will be very interesting to see what this whole thing has done to the psyche of all young people, whether whatever their circumstances are, is what 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 they'll do with it and how that how that'll translate into them raising their kids and how how much fear they're going to have of disease in general. That's the thing that kind of, you know, but yeah. um yeah, I, I mean, this has all forced us to change. It's forced us to 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 get that paint on our shoes, and it's forced us to, um, you know, live with that for a while, and let that paint dry. Yeah, yeah. Easier said than done, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. and easier for some people than for others. And maybe that's where we get back to compassion and love and patience with each other. That we're to an extent, we are all in it together, but in so many ways, we're going at different speeds, at different paces, and in some cases, even in different directions. But we still have to look out for each other, and we still have to, to try to keep each other um, going in some way through all of this. And I think we, that, yeah. that love and compassion is, is our lesson. That's a big lesson for me a lot of other things too, like technology, but that's, <laughs> that's a big lesson for me to listen, to feel that compassion, and then to give it back. Yeah, and then that all comes back to that, that reflecting the light, reflecting um, the, the, the mirror, the reflection. And it's like, I was uh, just thinking about those mirrors in your house and they uh, they bring more light into your house because they're reflecting more light, which means they're reflecting more light to you, which means that you reflect more of your own light. And um, I, I think if there's anything that we can do is accept ourselves for who we are and reflect the light that we carry within us, that divine part of us, and reflect it. And I do want to thank you because the light you reflect for me has been so helpful in helping me get the podcast started and giving me the courage to continue it and just being my friend in general. And um, so thank you for all of that light, Donna. Well, thank you for that acknowledgement and, and the same back to you. I think that's probably what makes a friendship a friendship and what is going to make new friendships with a lot of us as we're getting to know new people in a different way is truly seeing each other's light, but seeing our own in each other is what makes it happen. I'm so glad we talked about this. I am too. And I'm looking forward to whatever it is we come up with next. Thank you, Donna Epidoni, for being with me today. Thanks, Deborah. Nice to be with you. Thank you for listening today. Discovering Spirit Within is produced by Spiritual Life Center. If you enjoyed our discussion and feel inspired to support us, you can go to slcworld.org forward slash donate. And now until we meet again, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the son and daughter of peace to you, and may the joys of the world go with you.